Creativity is contagious. Pass it on in any way possible. Albert Einstein. Hi, Jess. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So happy to have you on here and to discuss all things jewelry. I've been getting into it a lot recently, just in my my fashion choices of late. So I'm super excited to have you because I feel like you're super talented and so well-versed in this subject. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. So I would love to start things off on a fun note. And for us, it's super important to learn about our guests as to what they prefer. So the question is, what is your go-to coffee or tea order? So I actually don't drink tea at all. I've never been a tea person, but lately my coffee has been some kind of frothed oat milk with either an espresso shot or if I'm feeling fancier and I go to Starbucks and oat shake and espresso that's my go-to right now. <laughs> I've never tried the oat shaken espresso and it's been on the back of my mind each time I go to do a mobile order, whether to try it, it or not. Is it sweet or is it like more like strong? So I actually, norm. I think the normal drink comes with about four pumps of the brown sugar, but I always ask for one. So it's not too sweet, but it definitely is a treat. Like I wouldn't have it every day, but it, it's definitely good once in a while. I need to like switch up my Starbucks order and I, cause I always end up getting my iced coffee with cold foam on top. I don't know why I've mm-hmm. just been always steering towards that when I go there, because I used to get like super sweet drinks, like pumpkin spice lattes and yeah. everything. And then <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this considering I go there at least once a week and that's my treat, but I've been wanting to try something new. So I think this week that's going to be my new treat. So I always yeah. appreciate the recommendations. Let me know when you try it. <laughs> I definitely will. I'll shoot you a message. I love what you post online. And obviously it gives a great insight into what people can expect from you and your business and how much you have to offer. But let's rewind a little bit. What was your life before you started your business? Um, That's a great question. So just to backtrack a few years, I went to Western University in Ontario for my undergrad. I studied media and writing. And then I went on to do a master's of journalism and communications. I was always into the media field. Like I always thought I was going to end up doing something with writing or maybe PR related or advertising, like something like that. And following school, I worked multiple jobs. One was at a PR agency, one was doing content marketing, and one was more of like a community management role. Like I've kind of... I'm pretty well versed in terms of where my experience has been and every job I did I hated I didn't know what it was what I hated about it or what I liked about it it just didn't something didn't feel right yeah and another backtrack my family has been in the jewelry business for over 30 years so it was always kind of something that was a part of my life but I never wanted to necessarily turn it into a career, despite my dad asking me. (laughs) I was kind of always like, no, like I want to do my own thing. I want (laughs) to go to school. I want to find my own career, find what I'm passionate about. 
And then during COVID, I used to always help friends find nice jewelry pieces because I already had all those connections for to sure. wholesalers and suppliers in the city. I would help my friends get like real gold necklaces or some earrings at great prices. And during COVID one day, I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, can you help me get me a necklace? And I was like, yeah, of course. So I went back and started sourcing it and found her a great necklace. And my dad isn't so involved in the jewelry business anymore. He has another business, but he kind of said to me, he's like, you know, like anything you sell jewelry wise, you can make commission off of. And I was still working at the time in a content management role. And I kind of like, I swear it was like a light bulb kind of like flickered on. I could definitely see that. Yeah. And I went home that day. I started taking pictures of every single jewelry piece I've ever gotten as a gift or anything like that. Everything I had and created the name Dainty Diamond. It kind of just happened. And like, I'm the type of person that when I have an idea in my head, there's nothing that can stop me. Like I'm going for it at full force. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's like kind of like a creativity kind of brain. Cause like it comes in waves, right? Like you're not creative 24 hours of the day. So when you have those sperm of the moment, it's like you go for it. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. And then from there, I kind of just started working on the business every morning before work, every lunch break, every evening, every weekend. And it being COVID helped because like I had no social life anyways. <laughs> I feel that too. <laughs> yeah. And then here we are. So this was actually born out of the pandemic then pretty much. Yeah. Like I don't, if COVID didn't happen, I don't think I would have this business. That was my question. Literally about to ask you if the pandemic didn't happen, would you have this business? Because it forced me to go full, not forced, it was by choice, but it definitely forced me to go full time with my business mm -hmm. just because you realize the potential that you have to offer and then you have time to put into it. So I'm assuming that you realized you weren't meant to be in those jobs that you had before, before the pandemic started. And then you tried everything out during the pandemic and started your business. So I was actually supposed to move abroad for a year right before oh, wow. COVID started. That was kind of like my turning point when I realized I didn't like what job I was doing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move and try something new. But it, I was still looking for jobs in content marketing because I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then obviously I didn't end up moving because COVID happened. So I found another job that was just online, remote, and that job I really disliked. Like it, I had zero creativity part of it. And like, I love creating things like that's who I am as a person. And so when I started um, with the brand, it kind of allowed me to take all that creative energy and like put so much time into it. Because like you said, like during the pandemic, all we had was time. So it yeah. was really that point where like I was able to take everything I had in me and put it all into this business. So I experienced something really similar to you in that I was constantly applying for jobs or working at jobs that didn't really want to see my potential creatively. Mm -hmm. And as much as I wanted to admit that I liked the job, 
deep down I did not. And it was just Mm -hmm. simply because I felt like I had a lot more to offer and the skills that I had weren't being utilized and, you know, Mm -hmm. to full potential. So starting off with my business, well, I felt such an urge to not only work on my own terms, but be able to decide what I was working on and being selective about it. So it's so neat that you were able to, first of all, (laughs) tell your dad, no, I want to find my own career, Um, experiencing that and then realizing, hey, you know what, I do like it. And you were able to just start off by helping friends and have it being blown up into what it is today. And to say the least, I love the name of your business, Dainty Diamonds. Is there like, was it just like it came to you and that was it? Or is there like a a meaning behind at least the word dainty? I think with the name, it kind of, so my dad's old jewelry company was called the Diamond Showcase, which is obviously like more of a traditional name. And my whole thing was that obviously, yes, technically it could be considered a sub-brand of my dad's company, but it really is its own entity. And I wanted it to be a more modern version of his company. Yeah. And that's kind of where I wanted to keep the word diamond in it because his is diamond showcase. And then I found like, I know everyone's always talking about that they're looking for dainty jewelry. That's true. So I was kind of like, okay, dainty is like, modern and it's cute and chic and combining it with diamond from diamond showcase and i like the alliteration of D D, like dainty diamond i like it too, to be honest <laughs> yeah when i tell you that i sat down and i said to myself i was like it's dainty diamond and it just kind of stuck and everyone even not just you like a lot of people say to me they're like how did you come up with that I couldn't even tell you like obviously yeah it's related to the old name but it just kind of popped into my head and I was like this is it it is really modern though like that's the thing like you know I love how you incorporate one word from your dad's business because I'm sure you have so much love for what he's done for himself and the business that he grew and for you to take it to another level and I'm sure your target audience might be slightly different too especially when you start using like dainty diamond Mm -hmm. it's very different Like you said, though, a lot of people are looking for something minimalist or modern to add on to their outfit that might have a bit more glam. So it's just like a nice accessory to their outfit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the word suits it. And I feel like it's a great way to really niche down and call out to females as well when it comes down to your overall creative inspiration for your jewelry. Mm -hmm. Are there particular places that you find your creative inspiration? Like, are you looking on Pinterest or does it just like come up in the, when you're sleeping? Like, how does it work for you? That's a great question. I've honestly never thought about where it comes from. I guess it's something that has always kind of come naturally to me. Amazing. I definitely spend a lot of time on Pinterest, but I think a big part for me is when I'm lying in bed before I go to sleep, that's kind of when my brain is going. <laughs> I remember when I first started working on the business and I had so many ideas for it, I would go to bed at 3 a.m. because I'd be trying to fall asleep and like every 10 minutes a new idea would pop into my head and I had to write it down because otherwise I wouldn't be able to sleep because it would be stuck in my head and I'd be thinking about the idea all night. So you keep that notebook real close then or your phone just so that you can get that out, right? Yeah, it's I have a note section in my phone where every time an idea pops up, I write it down. 
And you know what? I'm the same way. And I feel like a lot of creative entrepreneurs or even just entrepreneurs in general experience this where like ideas will come up when they're not supposed to. And it's when we're supposed to be turning off our brain. But let's be real. Does our brain ever turn off? Absolutely not. And, you know, I have restless nights where I'll like, and I don't know if you experience this too. Maybe it's just me, but I've been learning that if I continue to do work, until around 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., I actually, my brain just completely won't shut off and I'll end up just dreaming about work like 100%. Does that ever happen to you? All the time. (laughs) Maybe it's my downfall. Uh, And for me, and tell me if what you prefer, how you work, but like I am actually more of a morning person. So if I end up working from straight from like maybe like eight till like 8 p.m. at night. So like that stupid 12 hour thing that I'll do to myself, um, work day that's when I seriously go to bed and it's still work. And I think, oh my God, that's exhausting. My eye is totally twitching today because I've had zero sleep. (laughs) Do you do your best work in the morning or at night? Um, For me, I actually like to have really slow mornings. Like I'll wake up around eight o'clock, I'll read a book, I'll have my coffee. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, I try to do that because I think for me, what I hated most about working in corporate positions was the fact that someone was always kind of like waiting for you to be online exactly at 9am. And like that never worked for me because like maybe like I said, I had a late night or I had a bad sleep. Like I want that flexibility where I can wake up, have a slow morning, go at my own pace and start when I like when my brain is actually awake and ready to work. So a lot of the time I do take the mornings off and I end up working in the evening, but it has the same downfall, right? Cause like the later you work, the more you're thinking about it. But at the same time, I think that's just what happens when you're running your own show because it's, it's like, like I consider this brand my baby. So like the same way you would think about a child all the time. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking about my brand. Oh, I will know that all too well, Jess. Like I know, yeah. I know all those feelings like way too you well. You get me. <laughs> yeah. Like you just, it's the be all end all, even when you're supposed to be taking days off. Like, you know, we, we just both had a long weekend here in Canada and it's like, did I, not think about work at all. No, absolutely not. I was probably <laughs> thinking about it the whole time. And Same. I had to stop myself from checking emails, from checking inquiries, from checking social media. And it's just mm-hmm. like, can you ever stop doing that? I don't know. I've tried talking to my business coach about it. Like, are there tactics that I can do to not think about it? And I just think at the end of the day, the answer is no. But maybe I'm biased. I have no clue. But <laughs> let me know what you think. Because like, are you able to just like turn off like that, like on the weekends? No. <laughs> I mean, I think I've tried to recently put my emails on Do Not Disturb over the weekend. Agreed. Because I think that's the, the hardest part for me is that you're connected all the time through your phone. So any sort of email or Instagram message or sometimes I get phone calls from customers over the weekends and like Mm. I think that's what kind of like discourages us from detaching but lately I've been trying really hard not to and I think it's just the first step is kind of being aware of it and just being mindful of the fact that you are essentially connected in all ways so like trying to disassociate from it I mean it's not a foolproof plan but it does help for a few hours, like if I put my phone away while I'm doing something else or anything like that. 
Yeah. Like, you know, and I feel like we're always learning to like, what's best for us, what's not best for us, what works for me might not work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, vice versa. I, first of all, love the fact that you take mornings for yourself too. Like, I think that's amazing. And that's the ability that we have for ourselves when we work for ourselves. And I'm sure maybe that even helps you to feel more creative throughout the day than if you get to read your book and you get to wake up slowly and you get to enjoy your coffee and you're not rushing to drink your coffee and then run to your computer or be on calls with people. So the fact that you know that that works for you and you just live it to its full potential, I absolutely (laughs) love that for you. And I I actually did that um, two years ago and it was something that just felt so right especially when the weather was warm. I used to like take my book, let my dog run out in the backyard and just sit in silence for quite some time. And it was one of the best things I did. And it actually helped me grow my business, which sounds crazy, but it just helped me to take those moments of silence because I could actually not go into the day stressed out and feeling like I was running around. So I absolutely love that for you too, that you, Mm -hmm. in the fact that you're able to open up about that too, because um, sometimes people feel like they need to rush into the day. And I absolutely don't feel like you need to. Yeah, that's like I said about being in corporate, like you wake up and you're just rushing to get to your desk for 9am when like in reality, most people aren't even fully awake yet. <laughs> like not. I remember I used to <laughs> sit at my office job, like half asleep at my desk until around 11. <laughs> As you should, <laughs> you know, like it's hard, <laughs> it's hard sometimes. Like I even have, you know, I'll schedule meetings. I'm like, you know, I'm, I, I'll feel ambitious on Thursday and I'll schedule some meetings for myself at 9am. And then that morning comes around. I'm like, oh my God, you haven't even finished your coffee. You haven't even had a full glass of water yet. Like, why did you, why did I do this? And it's like, I pre-scheduled that thinking I was going to feel so ambitious on a Thursday. And it's like, to be honest, why would you think that way when you're pretty much at the end of the week? (laughs) Yeah. Personally. (laughs) Hey, creatives. I'd love to personally invite you to join our creative community over at Daniela Bunte Designs. I'm sending monthly email newsletters to those subscribed that contain free resources and tools to help grow and understand your business from the bottom up. Click the link in the show notes to join, and I can't wait to see you in our community taking part and engaging with these tools. Now let's get back to the episode. I want to hit a topic that actually isn't discussed as much, at least on my end from social media for the accounts that I follow in regards to jewelry. A lot of times people either take, I find personally two routes and it's either like, let's go the cheapest route possible and go with like a really fast production, fast fashion jewelry place, or even in general, like it's just an all encompassed fashion online store. And then they're like, here, I'm just going to throw in some jewelry for a dollar. And then (laughs) there's where you can get like absolutely gorgeous, hand-selected, handmade jewelry, whether it's, you know, gold, white gold, silver, anything like that. What are your thoughts on fast fashion in the jewelry industry? I think for me with the jewelry industry, I guess, like I said, because I kind of grew up surrounded by real gold, real silver, real diamonds. To me, like, it was a no brainer to take that route and like follow what my dad had already been doing. Absolutely. Especially because like, and a lot of people don't realize this, but real gold jewelry, it's literally like, it's timeless. It's like currency. Like you can sell your gold at any time. It's 
super valuable. And I think with fast fashion, and this is something that I actually talk about a lot on my TikTok page, because for example, like you walk into a store in the mall, let's say, like you said, that's selling clothes, but then they have a little jewelry rack. Yes. A lot of the jewelry that they're selling, you can tell by price on like what it's made out of. So for example, like you'll find like a pack of six earrings for $12. Yeah. And if you really sit there and think about it, how can nice quality jewelry cost $12 for six earrings, right? And then that's when you kind of have to break it down and realize that fast fashion jewelry, like that you're finding in a clothing store in the mall, is usually made with extremely cheap materials, which is usually brass or copper. And that's why people are finding that their skin is turning green or the jewelry is tarnishing extremely quickly because brass and copper are types of metals that they oxidize in water or when they're mixed with a lotion or perfume or even someone's natural body oils. Interesting. Yeah. And that's something that I always try to tell people because not only are you, by doing that, you're contributing right into fast fashion and landfills, right? Because you're purchasing this pack of six earrings and after wearing them, maybe a few times, you have to throw them out because either they've turned your ear green or they've completely turned black or whatever it is. Yeah. And then a few months later, you're going back into that same store and buying the same pack of jewelry. And it's just an endless cycle of buying products that are cheaper. And I understand that it's not as accessible to every single person to be able to buy more expensive products. But I really do recommend people to be mindful of what they're putting on their bodies because I think those materials, like there's no way it's normal for your skin to turn green like that. And it's good for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't actually know the science behind it, but I can't imagine it being healthy. (laughs) I agree, though. But there are other places, like if you purchase gold vermeil, which is, or vermeil, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but it's a higher quality plating where it's plated on top of sterling silver, which is obviously a great metal in itself. Yeah. And it's just higher quality and that won't turn your skin green. Interesting. I didn't even know all of this. I don't know if that answered your question properly. No, it does. <laughs> and it educates us all because, you know, obviously I'm aware that the when, when anyone buys like costume jewelry or just the cheaper jewelry in general, that your skin's going to go green. And it's almost even sometimes a little embarrassing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like I, <laughs> I used to wear this one... I, I call it gold, but it was definitely not gold. It was definitely like copper and brass. And first of all, didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. So it does answer my question. And then you notice that your whole neck is green and then you put your hair up in a bun and then you look like, you know, you have a disease um, <laughs> when you don't. So, I mean, like, I totally, I totally understand that. And I was thinking while you were talking about it, like if you are constantly, it's not even recycling, you're literally doing that to yourself. Then the color wears off. You got to throw it out. Like you're not going to keep wearing it. So you throw exactly. it out and then you go out and buy something else. If you think about it, the expense that you're putting into constantly buying new jewelry that might fit like, you know, this little hip trend that's happening right now versus just investing in the actual high quality end of jewelry design, you end up, you end up spending like the same amount. And I exactly. have been on the consumer end, obviously, because I don't own a jewelry mm-hmm. business. So I'm on the consumer end and I can absolutely testify and agree that I've done that. Yeah, I think it, 
it's something a lot of people just aren't aware of. And I understand the desire. Like you walk into a store like Zara and they have really cute earrings at the cash that, yeah, for they may be like quadruple the price if they were real. So I do understand the desire, but I guess it's just kind of people coming to that realization and understanding the production process behind it and knowing what they're buying into. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, I don't know how good it can be. Like I've got a few pair of earrings just sitting in a box that I haven't opened in a long time because I looked at it after I took it out of my ear and it just, it looked horrible. I don't even know what else to say <laughs> other than it looked horrible. Like it didn't a green crime scene. It, honestly, my skin looked horrible and it took forever just to scrub it and ensure that it was completely clean and I I threw it out because I thought, okay, I can't imagine putting this through my skin is going to be any good for myself and in like the last few years I've been really wanting to take care of my skin. So why am I going to put something that I'm questioning and making mm-hmm. my skin a different color? Why am I going to continue to put that in my ear? So at the end of the day, I just end up wearing like the same white gold jewelry that I own because it just doesn't that I don't have to question anything. And I obviously haven't Googled it and I don't know the science, but I don't want to put that in my body. Like if I'm particular about what I'm eating or I'm particular about the skincare products I'm putting on my face, why shouldn't I be particular about the jewelry that I'm putting on my body? 100%. And like I said, with real gold, like let's say these earrings that you're wearing every day in a few years, you decide that you don't really like them anymore they're worth something. Like you can sell them back for cash to buy a new pair. And I love the commercials that you hear. It's like, oh, who's that one guy in our- Oh, the our, cash for gold. Cash. Yes, that, like yeah, and you just the remember cash it. Man. The cash <laughs> man, there you go. Like it's just, you just remember that. And um, the return on investment again, like, yeah, if you, if you feel like you're not wearing it or it's not your style anymore, because obviously like we grow as people and our style changes, you can't completely, you can't completely do that. Mm-hmm. And that was such a good point to make. Like you can't do that with- these little cheap things that you're buying at uh, either online or in the mall. So no, you definitely answered my question. And for those looking to navigate through this field or start their own jewelry business, or they just haven't landed on a field that they know that they want to go through, because I know that you've, you've been there, you've tried out a few jobs and it didn't, it just didn't resonate with you. What's one piece of advice that you'd offer to those people looking to either start a business or trying to find their their niche that they know that they'll love and they can do for years on end? That is a great question, um, especially because I guess there I don't think there is one direct formula in how to figure out what's meant for you or what you need yeah. to do. I think a big thing for me was when I was working in my nine to five job, I always deep down, like I knew it wasn't for me and I knew I was going to do something bigger and greater. I just didn't know what it was yet. So I think really just researching and kind of playing around with things. And, you know, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, like in you, it will come out when it's ready to, because for me, like I, I think I've created like there are over 30 websites of different business ideas. Like at first I was going to do an editing business and a freelance writing business and things like that. And I think it's really just about trial and error and figuring out what's right for you. And my best piece of advice would be to just talk to people. Like networking and learning about other people's experiences is honestly the best way to learn about any kind of business or entrepreneurial journey because everyone's path is so different and you like 
right when I was starting the business, I think I had a phone call scheduled almost every other day with people who quit their jobs or were working in corporate and marketing or business or whatever it was just to learn and just be open to any and all ideas. And you just pivot along the way. I know that was a long advice answer, but (laughs) no, there's so many things to take from what you just said. First of all, trust your gut. I mean, if you, if your whole body is saying, oh my God, what am I doing here? You know, at some point you will end up somewhere else. You just don't know where yet. Exactly. So I think that's amazing because a lot of times I feel like we want to neglect that part of ourselves to try and fit this norm of society and working that nine to five because it's so stable and it looks great on paper. And then your LinkedIn can continue to grow and not, you know, so there's a great sense of security when it comes to doing that. But if your gut's saying something else, it's whether it's now, tomorrow, next year, a few years from now, you'll probably end up listening to it at some point. Otherwise, you're going to feel sick to your stomach. So no, I feel like there were so many great pieces pieces of advice. And the fact that all of these business owners can come together, whether you're in a creative field or not, and just explain like, hey, you know what? I was in a very similar position where I didn't know things. So to network and to just put yourself out there is one of the great pieces of advice that I think you can offer because it's it suits anybody looking to start a business. Exactly. Like you need to network no matter what, no matter what you're trying to do, you need to ask questions and you need to meet people. So I think that's such a great piece of advice. Exactly. I think also like I understand people want to keep that stability from having a full-time job. And this doesn't mean like quit your job and try everything. It's kind of more like find something you're somewhat passionate about and try and do it as a hobby at first and see if you can turn it into a job and do it as a side hustle at first and then things will hopefully fall into place. And a lot of people think that they they should just quit and go right into a job, which works for some people and I and you know what? Like kudos to them. Love that for you. Um it definitely wasn't that for me. Like that what you just said was ex- what I did. It was a hobby. Like mm-hmm. an illustration turned to returning back to school to study it, turning to freelance and a side hustle turning to a full-time job. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's a journey. And if you want to try it out as a hobby first, I think that's actually one of the best things to do because you get to dabble in it and see if you truly, truly care about it. And if there's room for yourself to take that route and just go full force with it at some point, it's, it's a slow process. And a lot of times people think they need to just be black and white about it. I'm going to quit my job and just go straight into it. And then obviously you're going to experience highs and lows doing that. And you're going to experience highs and lows taking it slow. It all depends which route people decide to go. But in terms of what you just said, that was exactly the route I went. And I have zero regrets in taking it the way I did and starting early and doing it as a hobby, making it a side hustle and then going Mm -hmm. full time. That just personally worked for me because I'm a person of balance. And I like when things just happen naturally versus trying to force things. So Mm -hmm. no, such amazing, amazing pieces of advice. And if people wanted to learn more about you and these tips or learn more about the jewelry industry and even just shop for your products and buy them, uh, where can everybody find you online? So our website is www.daintydiamond.co. Normally, if you just type Dainty Diamond into Google, it should show up. You can also find us on Instagram. That is at Dainty Diamond with two Ds. And if anyone wants to chat with me personally, my personal Instagram is at Jess Freed, F-R-I-E-D. And I'm always happy to network and talk to people. And yeah, that's where you can find me. 
And for everyone who's listening, you can click down below for the show notes and everything will be there for where you can find Jess and Dainty Diamonds. Any upcoming projects that the listeners should look out for? I do have a few projects in the making. They're a little bit of a secret right now, Ooh. so I can't expose them. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have some fun spring items coming soon. I know we're still, it's going to be March soon. And I think towards the end of March, we'll have some fun new spring items. So keep out for that. I am so excited for anything spring related at this point for any Canadians listening. Like I am just so tired of winter and to those who love winter, I honestly wish I was you because I'm so <laughs> looking forward to the warmer weather now. <laughs> Me too. I'm going to keep my eye out for those. Thank you so much, Jess, for joining me. I had so much fun discussing this with you. And thank you for not only discussing the misconceptions or uh, the ideas of fast fashion with me, but also your business journey and all the advice that you had to offer. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice meeting you. Thank you for listening into this week's episode of Brewing Up Creativity. Have you been loving our recent episodes? It would mean a lot if you could leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. If you're also wondering how you can join us on the podcast, reach out to us at info at brewingupcreativity.com or fill out an inquiry form, which can be found on Instagram at brewingupcreativity, where the link is in our bio. 